Hey guys, welcome back to the morning show without a name. Uh, eventually, we're going to be pushing this to one podcast or the other. You're hearing it on two different podcasts, but uh, realistically, we're probably going to the yurt because last Christmas, my wife bought me a book and a little bottle cap opener with a cap holder that has the yurt engraved on it. So uh, we'll probably change the name totally, but it will definitely have yurt in the name. And the only reason we chose yurt is because the tent was already taken. But let's get into the episode here. First off, it is Thursday, May 20th, 2021, and it is World Bee Day. I tried to look in why it was World Bee Day, and they had about a sentence of gibberish. So uh, I, are bees even out? I mean, in northern territories, are bees even out? I know they're just fucking buzzing around all over California. But uh, I've seen some wasps out. I haven't seen a lot of bees. I, I don't know. Do you think bees are out in Alaska right now? No information on why it's World Bee Day, but it is. So let's jump into some birthdays here. First up, we've got William Fargo. Can you guess who he is? He was born in 1818. He died at the age of 63 in 1881. And he was the co-creator of Wells Fargo Bank, which, like, I read through that. I couldn't word it, dude. There was so much shit. Like, this just long-ass dictionary of this dude's life. Basically, like, he worked for American Express. He started a whole bunch. It looked like he was, like, a mail service. You know what I'm saying? Like, they would ride the train. This dude, William Fargo, would jump off the train and he would take steamboats and fucking motor vehicles and deliver shit to people. And now he's got a, got a bank after he died. So there you go. Happy birthday, Mr. William Fargo. Take a little spitsky there. Uh, next up, we got David Thomas. So this dude's turning 73 today. He played as the High Master in Coneheads, the voice of uh, Lane Prattley in King of the Hill, Tolly in Cosby, not the Cosby show, Cosby. Do you guys remember that show, Cosby, in the 90s? I've tried to talk to my wife about this before. And, it, I mean, it was basically like Bill Cosby and his wife. They lived in this apartment and, like, it wasn't as good as the Cosby show, so it didn't last as long. Uh, he also played Chris in that 70s show. And I saw the picture of the dude. The dude looks extremely familiar. I do not remember him in that 70s show. I was too young to actually give a fuck in Cosby. And I don't know who Lane Prattley is in King of the Hill. I've seen every King of the Hill multiple times. I remember Coneheads, but, I mean, they got so much makeup and shit. That was a great fucking movie. Great 90s movie. But let's move on. Cher is turning 76 today. Holy shit. How is she still alive? Uh, Tim Timothy Oliphant is turning 53 today. He played Todd Gaines in Go. I remember that movie. I don't know who the fuck Todd Gaines is. He played Pete Moore in Dreamcatcher. That was like the first Christmas Christmas gift our uh, my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, had ever gotten us together. She played, or he played, Timothy, he played Sheriff Dutton 
in the crazies. I've seen the trailer for this and we've wanted to watch it. Realistically, I got to see the one back in like the 60s or 70s. That one looks so janky. I got to see that before I see the new one. And then he played James Stacy in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I actually really liked that movie. I don't remember who the fuck James Stacy was in that movie. But you look at the dude's picture, you know, Google Timothy Oliphant. He's been in a bunch more shit other than this. He's just never, like, you know, been the Brad Pitt of the movie industry. You'll recognize who the fuck this dude is. And if you want to hear something that's going to make you feel really old, Bust of Rhymes, turning 50 today. So for all you 80s kids out there, you're going to feel a little older today. Next up, this this is another one that's going to make you feel old. Matt Chizurchiri. Matt C-Z-U-C-H-R-Y. This this is a white dude. I I mean, might be Russian. His last name is not a real word. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck's going on there. But he played uh, Logan in Gilmore Girls. So he's Rory's boyfriend. Year in life, he was like the fucking mistress to Rory. He was cheating on his wife to be with Rory, and Rory didn't know what to do, and she had a baby. She didn't know whose kid it was. Who gives a fuck? That dude is turning 44 tomorrow so i mean he's got a little bit of that 90s vibe you know like when freddie prince jr was playing a 17 year old kid but he was really like 32 same thing going on in the gilmore girls sorry for these long delays i just packed a dip so i gotta pull away from the microphone and spit into the trash can uh let's get into another birthday here we got angela Go with Thalus. And, you know, for Logan and this lady and everyone else's name, I fuck up. I mean, I fucked up Timothy's name. I uh, I dropped out of high school, dude. I, I failed most of my classes. I am a horrible reader slash pronouncer. So, uh, you know, it's just me. It's not you guys. If you'd read this. You know exactly what the fuck it said. I don't, and I'm sorry for mispronouncing it. But uh, this lady's also turning 44 today. She was Linny McCallister in Home Alone. This is the only thing I recognize this lady as, was the little red-haired cousin in Home Alone. But uh, she also played Kathy Sanders and Jerry Maguire. Hold on, we're going to have to take a spit break. Now, when my, before we had kids, we didn't really watch TV at all. I mean, I didn't, we didn't even really have a TV. I remember one time we got TV for a little bit and we had like a, a Batman, Tim Burton Batman marathon thing and got really high and had some fun, but we didn't really watch a lot of TV. Once we had kids, we started going to the thrift store and buying tapes for our kids to watch. So like Thomas the Train, fucking Bob the Builder, Winnie the Pooh. That was like mostly what my kids uh, watched when we were kids. There was just a lot of Disney films. You were able to pick up a Pixar movie here and there every once in a while. Um, You know, my oldest son is 14 right now. But uh, Jerry Maguire, 
I swear to God, it didn't matter what thrift store you were at. They had eight copies of Jerry Maguire every fucking time you showed up. That movie, they must have printed so many VHSs. I don't know if this is at the same time, because I remember the commercials where it's like, show me the money. Show me the money. I mean, that, that shit was like Forrest Gump status. They were saying that shit everywhere. You know, that was just like popular culture at the time. Show me the money. So I don't know if there were so many left. Like, you would, you would go to the thrift store and you'd see unwrapped VHS tapes of Jerry Maguire selling two for 99 cents. And uh, I'm assuming it had something to do with DVDs coming out. They must have hit that cusp right there where uh, DVDs and VHSs were still selling at Walmart. I don't know. That reminds me, I'm going to promote another podcast today, but there is a YouTube channel I watch. I'm going to try to remember. I'll write it down here, but I don't remember the name. I'm subscribed to this dude, and I watch every video he releases. Um, He shows you all the, the... old technology and like like let's take laserdisc for example there were two other companies making different styles of laserdiscs and he he like busted through the technology i'm an idiot dude i don't even know how the hell a record works i could tell you that like yeah i can see you know you make some grooves in some vinyl and maybe you get some noise to come through i have no idea how the hell you get somebody's actual voice coming. I don't, I don't know how you put Led Zeppelin on a piece of vinyl. I don't know how that happens. Could I make some, like, weird-ass techno music on vinyl? I think I might be able to, like, if you gave me all the money in the world and all the time, I think I might be able to make that happen. Just a bunch of random-ass sounds rolling around together, like, and, you know, in kind of a rhythm, I think I could do that. I, I would not be able to recreate putting somebody's actual voice. Like, I mean, I, I have albums like a Dick Tracy album, where it's just like an audio book of Dick Tracy. I couldn't do that. I, there's no fucking way. If you let me have the rest of my life forever, like, to figure out how to record somebody's voice on a circular piece of vinyl that played through a needle. Like, I've seen how the technology works. I have actively looked up how the technology works. I still would not be able to recreate that. So, hats off to the people that did. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to share this dude's, uh, even if I forget tonight, I will remember because I watched. I mean, he goes into mini discs, he goes into, like, beta tracks, like, even prior to, like, the alternatives to A-track. It's just crazy how much technology actually failed. And I I think it's super interesting to try to gamble upon, you know, what's going to survive in the future. I mean, I, I mean... When when I was a teenager, I remember my friend had a mini disc player, and he was talking about like, "Oh, dude, this is the future. I can download like, like fourteen albums on one mini disc." And like, my question to him was like, "Well, can you get it? Like, can you download it off of Napster onto the thing?" And he's like, "Well, no, I have to get it off of it. You know, I have to put the CD onto the mini disc." And I was like, "Well, yeah, that's." 
Like, so you have to buy the fucking music and then put it on this little disc. And then, I mean, I was rocking a tape player at the time, so tapes were super cheap. It was an amazing time to be a child. But uh, who are we talking about? We were talking about this lady. I couldn't pronounce last name. Angela, we'll call her. She was also Maya in the 2005 edition of 24. My, my mother has been trying to push this TV show on me since it has started. I hate fucking cop shows, dude. I just... I don't like detective shows. I don't like true crime shows. I don't like anything that reminds me of people getting fucked in real life. So, never going to watch it. I don't know who the fuck this lady is. But uh, she'll always live in my mind as Lenny McAllister. McAllister. Jesus Christ, I can't even pronounce that. She's just got that one part where she's fucking in the van... Kevin's not here, or maybe when she's doing the baggage. I don't, I don't fucking care. But, uh, yeah, you guys might know who the fuck she is. Let's get up into Jack Gleason, and not Jackie Gleason. This is 29-year-old Jack Gleason. He played the little boy in Batman Begins. <clears throat> and I've, I've seen the picture of this dude, so I know who exactly he is. In Batman Begins, um, Christian Bale, he's driving down the street as Batman, and these two kids are in the car, and they're shooting, pow, 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 pow. And then fucking Batman flies through on his bat cycle. He's one of those kids. He is also a lonely twin on shrooms. We've watched this trailer a hundred times. We're eventually going to watch this movie when we run out of shit to watch. He is also uh, Jeffrey Baratheon on Games of Thrones. I've never seen Games of Thrones. I am super excited, though, about the Amazon fucking uh, Lord of the Rings shit coming out, dude. I mean, they I think it was $2.8 billion, maybe it was $2.5 billion that they spent just on the rights to not fuck up anything Tolkien did before they even have a story written like Amazon. I hope to God they do a great job on that movie. I was talking about this the last time I was doing the morning show. So, I mean, fucking COVID got in the goddamn way, but I hope they, they spent 2.5 at the minimum, 2.5 billion on just the rights. So they better not scrap that idea, but let's get into today in history. So shit that happened on this day throughout history. And I'm pretty sure I announced what day it was in the beginning, but we'll go back through. It's May 20th. <clears throat> let's jump into this. <clears throat> yeah, for all you morning show people, you're getting a little bit of that throat clearing. Not as much, but here we go. In 325, the first council of Nicaea is formally opened. So that's, I mean, when you really think about history through the ages, that is a big fucking deal. The first council of Nicaea is formally opened. Like how many people, there, there are over 2 billion Christians in the world. So this, like you would think this was Bigger than B-Day. <laughs> Fucking B-Day. Not even like 
beekeepers day or like honey day or some shit just bee day it's 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 amazing to me because i have studied the christian religious history a lot dude i have a lot of time you'd be surprised how much time i have on my hands to listen to people talk but it's on average 10 hours a day for the past since 2004 well i guess i got a smartphone when did i get a smartphone 2009 10ish but ever since then i have just been filling my head with random shit that i forget and it is just amazing to me i mean i've listened to the bible on audiobook a couple times tried to listen to the book of Quran. you know i I try to listen to all these different religions, but it's amazing to me how many Christians don't know much of anything about the history of their religion. I would think today would be like a goddamn American holiday. I don't know. Let's jump into it, though. You don't want to hear me talk about religion. 1609, Shakespeare's sonnets are published. And then in 1862, good old Honest Abe signed the Homestead Act, which opened 84 million acres of public lands for squatters to come in and fucking settle in. Which, I, I mean, that's, that's a good thing, right? Like, like, if you think today, like Slab City or the Mesa in New Mexico, where we just have these communities of, like, homeless people that, they, I mean, they actually work. Like, you would think we would still have some sort of public land thing that people, you know, I don't know, man. You look at pictures of Venice and there's just tents everywhere. And it's, you know, settlers today live off the government, collect some, collect some food stamps. And, I mean, I, I realistically think you could solve some of these problems if you just opened up more areas and you always hear in the news how they're trying to shut down these homeless camps and it's like why don't we just open up specific spaces for them to to live without any persecution from police you know what i'm saying like get their shit together and uh i mean some people are never getting off the streets that's for sure just give them a space dude like don't keep playing these tricks where it's like you can camp in venice now we're gonna come crack down on venice here go and skid row we're gonna pump a bunch of drugs in there now we're gonna run you through the prison system it's just it's a crazy crazy fucking scenario let's get into the next thing before i go on a tangent i should not have loaded a dip right before i started this in uh <clears throat> 1883, Krakoa, no, Krakatoa, I've talked about this on the podcast a million times, and I'm still fucking up the name, Krakatoa, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Krakatoa, I'm fucking that up, it's a volcano, well, it began erupting, and it would explode three months later, killing 36,000 people. And if you think about that, 1883, Krakatoa started erupting. And then, like, 
yesterday or the day before, we were talking about the uh, Washington volcano that erupted. Like, it really makes you think. There are so many fucking volcanoes in this country alone. Like, it could happen at any fucking time. It's crazy. In uh, 1902, Cuba gained independence from the U.S. And then in 1932, Amelia Earhart took off across the Atlantic, landing in Ireland the next day, and then she became the first woman pilot to do a nonstop flight across the Atlantic. In 1940, the first German prisoners slash people being human trafficked arrived in Auschwitz. And that's, that's another thing I wonder, because I, I don't know anything about the German language, but I wonder what Auschwitz means. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like it could be a hot dog company or an ice cream company. And it's like, I, I wonder what that word actually means. I got home late from work today. I didn't have time to look this up. I really wanted to. Hopefully, I'll look it up tomorrow. But, like, you know, I wonder if that word means something like feather or, like, soft. Or if it's just a place. I don't, you know, I mean, it might just be just a place. But, uh it kind of sucked for the Germans if that was just like, yeah, we don't, we don't say that fucking word anymore, dude. In uh, 1949, the U.S. Armed Forces Security Agency was established. In 1956, the first U.S. hydrogen bomb was dropped over Bikini Atoll in Operation Red Wing. Oh. Drop the paper on you guys. My computer stopped uh, showing screen there for a second. Okay, so in 1980, 60% of the voting population in Quebec rejected the proposal of independence from Canada. And then in 1983, the first publication of in the Journal of Science that the HIV virus caused AIDS. In 1989, Chinese authorities set the scene for the, uh, I'm going to fuck this up, but the Tiananmen Square Massacre. And that's probably not a hard word for most people. But, uh, yeah, so they set that massacre off when they declared martial law in the face of Chinese pro-democracy demonstrators. I wonder what would the world would have looked like if those democracy demonstrators had overthrown the government. Like, imagine that. 1989, China enters a democracy. I mean, they might be a little bit more friendly towards us. Yep, that might have just changed the fucking world there. So let's jump into the next one. 1996, Romer versus Evans in Colorado shuts down the state from taking rights away from gay and lesbian citizens. In 2012, 27 people died and 50 were injured from a 6.2 magnitude earthquake in northern Italy. And then in 2013, 24 people died and 377 people were injured in an EF5 tornado that hit Oklahoma City. 
<clears throat> so now we're going to jump into some random bullshit here. We've got 164 days until Halloween, 189 days until Thanksgiving, and 219 days until Christmas. So start getting your shit in order. Um, realistically, dude, start your movie, your Halloween movie collection, your Christmas movie collection. I know on our Halloween movie collection, we've got enough... For the whole, I mean, the past couple of years, we haven't been able to watch a movie every night. But uh, we've got enough to watch, enough scary movies to watch a movie every night of October for three consecutive years. A different movie every night. I mean, we always watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 2004 one on Halloween. That's just our tradition. But uh, yeah, man, start your collections. And I'm really hoping that Polar Express 3D enters big screen on the Quest 2 this year. I'm pretty fucking excited about that. So let's get into some Bitcoin prices here. We won't stay too long, but uh, the market's dropping, man. So you just take a look. You know, maybe in maybe in a week or maybe in a month you'll be able to get in low. But Bitcoin's down to. 38,361 or $306.91. Ethereum is $2,468.78. Cardano's down to $1.54. Polkadot's at $26.42. XLM is at $0.45. XRP holding strong at $1.10. Man is down to 82 cents. Engine is at $1.23. And the bat token is at uh, 76 cents. And then we'll jump into our GME AMC. GameStop stock is down to 168.83. And AMC is down at $12.64. Now, I just want to get into a little bit about uh, a little bit about the whole cryptocurrency thing, right? Right now, I'm watching the market, right? And you got all these YouTubers that are freaking out because if this enters into a bear market, like a slow market, nobody's gonna have, nobody's gonna be fucking interested in it, right? They're not gonna be able to continue on with their YouTube career because nobody's gonna be making money. So they're freaking out, and then the news is putting down cryptocurrency. But the, re the, the realistic truth behind cryptocurrencies, it's not going anywhere. It's like the dot-com bubble. Like, you know, everybody thinks that this is just hit or miss. Everybody is like a fucking gambler on this stuff, right? All the, all the little guys, they're just gambling, gambling away on this stuff. And then the big guys, they create these, these crazy dips in price. I mean, that's with everything. You go back to 2008, they dropped the stock market, right? They said, take your money out of the U.S. currency, put it into gold. And they had all these people buy a bunch of gold, right? And then gold started to fall a little bit, so they could buy the gold back. Same with the stock market, right? They... They pumped up the stock market, and then 2008 came, and they freaked out. The media 
said that you need to sell now, sell now, get as much as you can out of the fucking system, right? And what happened? The hedge funds came and bought it all back after they were bailed out by the banks. It's the same shit with this, right? They're going to say that crypto's not going to last. Crypto's going away. Crypto's done. And everyone's going to, oh, shit, I need to get my money out of here. All the little guys, all the little guys are going to be like, oh, shit, I need to get my money out of here. Well, last night they did, they did a smaller version of that. And they dropped the price down. And then you could see all the whales in the market buy the shit back up at a lower price. I am hoping crypto hits rock bottom prices. The thing I did not know <clears throat> just a little while ago about crypto, right? Like I wanted to buy Bitcoin back in 2009 when I was listening to Alex Jones and I was hyperinflation's coming, the dollar's going to shit. Oh shit, what should I do? And I asked my dad and my wife like, well, man, this cryptocurrency, we're going to a to like a new world order, uh, a, a globalistic society. This makes sense. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't buy any. And then I thought cryptocurrency was just this fake pretend money. You know, I've talked to people, even on this podcast, I've talked to people about cryptocurrency. And it's just like, what's the value? What's it backed by? Well, it's backed by its value. And I went along with, with that for a while. And it wasn't until I started seeing helium come out. And if you haven't heard of helium, just go check that out. So basically what it is, is it's its, its own internet. For like layman's terms, it's its own internet without super high data charges, right? So they have everybody put these little Wi-Fi routers in their house and they get to mine HNT, which is the coin for helium. And then people get to use, like right now, you have pest control people using helium, you have landscapers using helium you have all these different companies using this network to digitalize their 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 uh businesses at a way cheaper cost so then this started to make sense to me so then i started looking at nfts and all this different stuff and like if if you do a youtube search on nfts you're going to see the Black Eyed Peas just released their album on an NFT and it's selling for some ridiculous amount of money. A whole bunch of washed up ass fucking actors and sports stars and just a bunch of bullshit. The one thing that's not super popular with NFTs is the fact that, like, let's take Fortnite, for example, right? there. How many thousands... Hundreds of thousands of dollars a year are spent on Fortnite skins. But if, if you get kicked out of Fortnite, or you, you want to sell your Fortnite skins, you have to sell your whole account. If you get kicked off, your account's done. You lost all that money. But if you wanted to sell all your skins and shit, you have to sell your account to someone. And they have to play under that account. Right? Like, you can't even gift... One of your skins, you can gift a skin that's in the shop to another person. You can't gift one of your skins to another player. And it's the same with all games, right?
But what is not super talked about about NFTs is the fact that this shit is coming in and you'll have NFTs for these games, non-fungible tokens, where your skin now has value in a secondary market. So you buy your skin and then if you're tired of it, you can sell your skin. Skins gain, gain value at this point, right? Because there's only so many released. And if, like, a better way to put this into perspective would be the fact of, like, Magic the Gathering cards. So when an NFT for, like, a Fortnite skin first comes out, like a, a token that you can actually sell, think of it as Alpha Block from Magic the Gathering. These cards are worth unbelievable amounts of money because there were not a lot of them printed. This was a game that just first came out, first started doing this. This will be the same thing with, with video game skins and shit in general, is the fact that you will have this non-fungible token that you can sell in a secondary market, and there was a cap on the amount of things created. Same with Pokemon or uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! or any of these other things. These things accumulate value. So not only in that perspective, but if you're like a Magic Online player, you can actually make a living just playing the game and collecting prizes and then selling these prizes back. I mean, this is done all over the place. So it just adds another way to collect and invest in a game. So not only are we building systems with cryptocurrency, but they're starting to make these non-fungible tokens. And I'm not saying that all the actors and musicians and artists shit, you know, that's just like a scheme. Like some of it's probably for real. Some of it might accumulate value. They're just trying to push that shit down your throat. So you buy like the black eyed peas NFT or fucking some basketball star doing a slam dunk and like who who gives a shit but when it becomes usable shit that people are actively trying to obtain like for gaming and whether you want to believe it or not gaming right now is bigger than sports so I mean what do you think I mean we still got baby boot baby boomers and fucking millennials and generation X and the generation Z when the generation Z are 40 those NFTs are going to be worth a lot more than any fucking sports card I can guarantee that because let's face facts sports are the same shit every day and they're watched by people that wish they could still play those sports you can still game at 40 you know, I know there's people that play sports at 40 years old, but not a lot of them. A lot of them are, like, reliving their past through watching fucking people play football. Like, I, I've never understood it. Been over that in the show, too. It gets got in the way of my fucking Sunday morning cartoons when I was a kid. I don't like sports. I like skateboarding. I don't like organized, a fucking coach telling me what to do, teamwork, hoo-ha, hoo-ha, do this, do that. I, I've never liked that shit. And I think a lot of kids are waking up to the same fact. But that's a whole different topic. All I'm saying 
I could be 100% wrong on the fact that cryptocurrency lasts forever. The one thing I will tell you is people love to fucking gamble. Everyone loves to gamble. They're always looking for ways to gamble on anything. And the super elite love stealing poor people's money. So that leads me to think that cryptocurrency, a market for both of those things, is never going away. Don't try to flip your shit, dude. Don't don't look look at a a cryptocurrency and say, well, I think this is going to gain 30% in the next week and I'm going to drop my life savings in there and then fucking flip it for 20% and I'm just going to keep going and going and going and going. That is going to get you in trouble. But if you just, you know, how much do you waste on Starbucks? How much do you waste on Arby's? How much do you waste on some bullshit you could live without? Put that money into a crypto. Look into it first. Look into it first, because there's a lot of bullshit out there. There's a lot of fucking meme coins. There's a lot of coins that run off of off of uh, blockchains that might not be there. Make sure, spend some time, make sure that this technology makes sense to you, and make sure that people are talking about it. Like I said, when I got into that helium, it was a it was a system that looked plausible, like people are using it. It's all over the world. They've created a hardware solution, and they've created software solutions. And they were paying mid-level influencers to talk about it. It was everywhere. I was trying to learn how to, how to code, and that's when I found it. Like looking into all this Raspberry Pi technology and teach yourself how to code and just spending all this time in this shit and they kept popping up so I started looking into it. Do your research. Do your research and make sure it's not bullshit because there's a lot of people out there that are going to try to bullshit you. But long-term investment, I think it might be the best thing for you. Okay. Before I lose any more people, let's jump into the news of the day. How long is this episode? Holy shit, you're already listening to me talk for 38 minutes? What's wrong with you? <clears throat> okay, 99-year-old man gets the Medal of Honor. So Ralph Puckett Jr. will be receiving the Medal of Honor on Friday. At the age of 24, this dude graduated the U.S. Military Academy in late November of uh, 1950, I think. I didn't write that down. I meant to write that down. I'm pretty sure. He was during the Korean War. Late November, sometime during the Korean War. Puckett and his platoon were... Uh, that's not a fucking word. Okay, facing enemy fire as they tried to attempt a daylight attack on Chinese soldiers. So this dude basically ran out into the open three times to draw enemy fire towards him so his platoon could take off the enemy um, that were shooting at him. And then later in that night, he was hit by grenade shrapnel and then he was hit pretty bad with a mortar attack. And he's finally getting the Medal of Honor. Realistically, I think that like that kind of shit happened a lot 
in the Korean War, but this dude's 94 years old, still kicking it, and uh, good for him, dude. I hope tomorrow's the day of his life, or Friday's the day of his life. So the next story we're doing is the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. So the first thing I want you to do, whatever, I'm, if you're at work, I, I only listen to podcasts when I'm at work. You could be exercising or driving in your car, doing whatever you're doing. Um, I want you to write this down. You, you got to check out the Stuff You Should Know, the Tulsa Race Riots episode. And this shit is super interesting. So it's a crazy story where this black dude accidentally tripped. He, he was using this elevator all the time, and one day he accidentally tripped, and he grabbed onto this white lady, and, the, and she was the elevator operator. And then they, uh, they just had this huge race riot. So let me read into this. Just went to town. So yeah, the they followed this dude back. I mean, you, you got to listen to the stuff you should know story. But uh, eventually, they just went into the town. The people of Tulsa went into the town of Greenwood, and they just started massacring all the black people. And then after it was done, the towns um, they quieted the whole story up. Both both Greenwood and Tulsa, Alabama. They got together and they just like quieted the whole goddamn story up before the rest of the world could hear. And the the craziest part is there's no account of the white girl that was the elevator operator or the black dude that accidentally tripped and caught her. Like there's speculation, but there's no record of the people in the story actually existing. So NPR just did a story on it where they interviewed Viola Fletcher. She was seven at the time, and now a hundred years later, they're interviewing her on the account. And um, they don't even have an official record of how many people died. It's estimated that 300 people were killed in the town of Greenwood and 10,000 people left homeless. And... um, this this was crazy in the fact that Greenwood was like a very affluent town, right? So they they would only buy within inside the town. They had all their money stashed inside the town, and then they would go work outside the town. So they were accumulating all this money, and I don't remember how many, but there were there were quite a few millionaires in the twenties that lived inside this town, black millionaires. Um, at the time, I mean, that it was like a super affluent town. So you just, you got to go listen to the Stuff You Should Know podcast about it and then check out that NPR story. The NPR story is mainly about like the uh, Black Lives Matter stuff right now. But I mean, check them both out. It's, it's a crazy, crazy fucking story. We'll get into the next one here. Biden rips off Reagan's speech. So uh, Biden was doing a speech for the, I didn't write that down, some sort of military platoon. It was some sort of Navy, Navy graduating class, and he ripped off Reagan's speech, and nobody clapped for him. And then they showed the speech of Reagan, 
and everybody went crazy. So let's get into the last story of the night here. <clears throat> We've got a Google skin conditioning or Google skin condition testing. So Google just unveiled a tool that uses AI to detect skin, hair, and nail conditions. It's called the Dermatology Assist tool. And um, it's going to launch later this year. But the AI recognizes 288 skin conditions. But they're covering their ass by saying that it's not a diagnosis. But uh, it took three years. They've got 65,000 diagnoses and millions of pictures in the development of this app. And it works through all skin pigments. So it doesn't matter what color your skin is. This thing is supposed to be able to pick up all 288 of those skin conditions. And uh, currently, there are no Google tools approved as an alternative for human diagnosis. But we all know it's going that way anyway. And uh, they say... They get about 10 billion searches on Google a year just looking for skin conditions. So if you're a poor fuck like me who doesn't have insurance and maybe you have a skin condition, then you, later this year you might be able to save some money, diagnose yourself, or at least show up to the doctor that's like, oh, that's just a rash, and be like, hey, bitch, look, Google said it was this. Give me my goddamn antibiotics and... Uh, I paid you $200 for nothing. So with that, I hope you guys have a good night. And if you're still listening after 46 minutes, I hope I see you tomorrow. Have a good one.